Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. This segment is brought to you by The News Funnel. You can actually personalize your news. Check it out at thenewsfunnel.com. Today we're talking about self-storage, and self-storage is an interesting sector for a lot of people. You think about it, it you don't have uh, bathrooms and kitchens in these units. Uh, you don't have HVAC systems for the most part, and uh, you also don't have build-out. Right? When a tenant leaves, it's also easy to, to uh, turn the key of the unit, sweep it out, right? So a lot of people are interested in self-storage, and there's been a lot of self-storage uh, supply and new, and new uh, construction around, and sometimes you might not even know that a new uh, self-storage property has been built because in your market in, in the city, it may look like a beautiful building. It might not even look like self-storage. But is it time to build more self-storage? Is it time to invest? Maybe you own self-storage properties and you're trying to time the cycle. What should you be selling now or should you be holding? We're gonna talk about some of the performance of self-storage, talk about cap rates, we're gonna talk about investor tips, developer tips, and get an idea of what's going on and what to expect moving forward in self-storage. Please welcome my first guest, Barbara Denham. Barbara is an economist and she is with Reese and she's joining us on the phone. Barbara, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Well, Barbara, so as I mentioned, some of these self-storage properties are, are beautiful and they're, they're in town, they're in the city, they're big and beautiful. And um, is, seen, is student, I'm sorry, I'm gonna get my uh, sectors here mixed up. Is self-storage really a sector that institutional investors are interested in? Yeah, uh, institutional investors have shown a lot of interest in this sector, um, mainly because of the growth that they've seen at the early part of over the last five years. Um, so there's a lot of transactions. There is a lot of REIT activity. I think, um, you know, this sector barely existed 20 years ago, and just in the last five years, just in the last two years, there's been tremendous amount of growth uh, in this in this sector. Uh, I think because, you know, a number of things, as you mentioned, you know, not only are, you know, there's not a lot of build-outs and storage spaces in apartments, but more and more people are living in urban areas, and they don't have homes, they don't have basements, and they don't have attics, and they think that now, the, the, the sentiment is there's a need for self-storage, and as more people are moving into urban areas, the need's going to grow. But I'm sorry to say that I think the industry has gotten overbuilt. There's been tremendous amount of new inventory over the last few years, and um, occupancy growth has not quite kept in, at pace with inventory growth. Right. So what are you seeing for trends for occupancy around the country overall? Um, well, I can tell you, for example, the inventory has grown about 4% per year at the U.S., um, but uh, occupancy growth has only been about 2% in the same period. So we have to be very careful about, um, uh, you know, for example, last year it was only 2.3%, uh, but we're building in some metros far more than we need, so we've really gotten ahead of ourselves. Now, asking rents, um, this past year were just under 2% for the year, which isn't bad, but it's not stellar. And even the prior year, asking rent average in the U.S. is only 0.7%. So I think it's a tenant's market. I think tenants can really shop around. And like a lot of industries, this is very geographically um, 
differentiated in that if you have a very good spot in a very uh, uh, in-demand neighborhood in an urban setting, you can probably charge premium rents because a lot of people want the convenience of being able to just, you know, get their stuff, their stuff in or out of storage pretty quickly. If you're outside of the urban core or you're kind of far away from a highway, it probably is not as ideal a spot. So it's a real, you know, geographic specific market. Right, and it's an interesting uh, sector to look at because you, know, you look at the housing that we have today, uh, everybody's interested or some people are interested in these towny, tiny houses and then you hear about micro apartments and you know uh, on the apartment show we talk to the developers the um, the sizes of the units are just getting smaller and people uh, at least Americans in the US they like their stuff right they're gonna want to put it somewhere right so so your expectations for the self-storage market what do you expect moving forward are we going to continue is new supply going to slow down what what's your expectation yeah i think the growth in supply will definitely slow down i just don't think we need quite as much demand so for example at the national level in one quarter the uh vacancy rate went from 11.5 percent to 11.9 percent a year ago it was 10 point or it was uh, 9.6 percent in um uh, you know, a year ago. So it keeps getting higher. And in fact, our forecast for this sector is to go above 12% because of the overbuilding. Now, the apartment sector is doing very well, but it's growing at a decelerating rate. So there's a strong tie between the self-storage industry and the apartment sector. So if the apartment sector is decelerating, then um, the self-storage growth will also decelerate. And there's, you know, there's some interesting dynamics going on with the demographics in this country right now because there had been such a pent-up demand for buying a home for the last five years, and the growth in renter-occupied housing just soared, whereas the growth in owner-occupied housing kind of stayed flat. And that's starting to shift. We are seeing a lot more people trying to buy homes now. Of course, housing prices uh, have gone up, and there's not a lot of inventory. So there's some dynamics going on in the housing market. But if we start to see more millennials move into a into homes, then the demand for self-storage would slow. So, um, and in many urban areas, it's not even construction, it's just conversion. So it's a, it's a um, highest and best use idea for self-storage. So if, if these older industrial properties that were converted for self-storage and they're not making money, perhaps it could be converted back into, you know, office or some other use. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And when you think about um, apartments versus homes for demand for this self-storage industry you know your home has an attic maybe it has a basement maybe there's grounds you can build a uh, put a little storage building but in apartments you just don't have the space and so what else Barbara would impact the demand and performance in self-storage because I think people still have a, a big interest in self-storage it seems like kind of an easy ownership property right yeah, I mean, it, the, the, the maintenance is, is very low. You certainly don't need a lot of overhead uh, other than a few staff people and some, you know, utility bills. Your costs aren't very high. Um, so it is an easy asset to, uh, to maintain. However, um, because so many people believe that, I think 
there's just too many people entering the, the, the market. So yeah. I'm looking at sales prices per square foot over time, and I'm seeing a wide range of values in terms of the prices. You know, in some markets, they're well over $400 a square foot, <laughs> particularly in the Northeast, like Boston and New York. Um, but in more rural areas, you know, the prices are like $40 a square foot. So, and, and these are, you know, when I mean rural, I mean like non-urban, like Cleveland, Ohio, or... Um, you know, even in Atlanta, you're seeing, you know, that it's just a spread out area and there's so much self-storage that prices per square foot have not been uh, as high as they are in, in more urban settings. Right. And what do you see in four trends regarding price per square foot? You said that this industry had, had a lot of growth over the last five years. So imagine you've seen prices per square foot uh, trend upwards. Where, what is the trend right now? Well, they, they definitely uh, trended upwards through early 2017, and now they are definitely have flattened uh, over the last year as uh, I think people are starting to see that the industry is overbuilt and uh, there's the, the, the supply has overshot the demand. Um, so the average prices per square foot, I think, have stabilized, um, and it's a real market-to-market -market sector. I mean, you look at a market like downtown Miami, um, or even South Beach, where they've really overbuilt a lot of self-storage. Even Brooklyn, New York, we, I see self-storage popping up everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I just can't see how people would, you know, how much demand there is in these, um, you know, in all of these neighborhoods. Right. Well, what would you leave our audience with, Barbara, related to the self-storage sector? Well, I think from a broader picture, I really wonder if, um, if a, the vast majority of Americans are actually buying less things. You know, we've seen this in the retail market where people just are not shopping like they used to. They're not buying as many clothes and electronics. Everything's on their phone or their computer. Mm -hmm. And I think there is the shift away from buying so much stuff. And if you buy fewer things, then you're going to need to store fewer things. So I think this kind of downsizing of our our, our physical uh, assets, our furniture, whatever, is, is a trend I'm seeing in a bigger picture. And with that, the demand for self-storage will go down as well. But I think that's, that's a very anecdotal sentiment. Um, I would love to get some, some backup, but already we're seeing that at the retail level. And what would you expect, based on the things you've talked about today, for cap rates two years from now? I guess you're expecting interest rates to rise uh, combined with what you think the impact's going to be moving forward for self-storage, what would you guess would be the impact on cap rates a year or two years from now? I think given uh, all the things that I spoke about and the expectations of higher interest rates, I think cap rates will probably go up. Uh, I think this is going to be a riskier and riskier asset. So not that it's going to be super risky. I think it's still somewhat safe. It's just less safe um, going forward than it is right now with the... Um, again, with the oversupply, and it's hard to track this industry as well because, you know, you can convert a building in a matter of, you know, a few months that people wouldn't even know is self-storage. So um, it's harder to track than, say, office or apartment where all the data is, is, is easily tracked and, you know, it's very clear if someone's building something. So all that said, I do think cap rates will go up. They won't soar, but they'll probably go up over the next couple of years. If you had to look in your crystal ball and go out, one year from now, what would you guess that interest rates would be and maybe corresponding cap rates for self-storage? Well, I think interest rates will go up by about 100 basis points, and I think the cap rates would probably go up by the equivalent 
100 to 125 basis points. Wow, okay. So over a one, one for one change. One for one, yeah, a little well, more than that. But wow, yeah. that, that's, that's, uh, that could be a big impact, especially on these larger uh, valued properties. Well, Barbara, great information as usual. Thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, my pleasure. If you like Thank more information you. for Barbara, visit Reese.com. That's R-E-I-S.com. Stay with us. We'll have more on self-storage, including some strategies. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit RealCrowd.com. Choose between Core, Core Plus, Value Add, or Opportunistic. Visit RealCrowd.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Are you a commercial real estate broker? Check out Apto, the leading web-based CRE software for managing contacts, properties, listings, and deals. Act on the information in your CRM to strengthen your relationships and grow your business. Visit Apto.com slash CRE show. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by GetValuate.com. Check it out. It's a really cool online investment analysis program you can share with colleagues online. Well, today we're talking about self-storage and what a great property type. It's really grown in popularity with institutional investors and with all investors across the country. But where are we in the cycle? Uh, what are some of the uh, economic influences that impact self-storage. Well, we have another expert on our show today. Please welcome, it's Corey Sylvester, and he's a principal with Union Real Time, and uh, Corey is joining us on Skype this morning. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Michael. So let's talk about the performance overall. You guys do a great job of tracking performance on the self-storage property. So how are they performing overall around the country? Uh, overall across the country, we're definitely starting to see a slowdown um, in, in the in the leading metrics for uh, most of the major areas, uh, and uh, you know occupancies are seasonal, but but we are seeing them uh, uh, decrease slowly year over year, and, and pricing in some areas is is off uh, significantly. I think that has mostly to do with that we are in the fifth inning of a, a pretty significant, uh, I'd say, unprecedented development cycle. Uh, so the metrics are definitely slowing, but in terms of the, the core business, it's still a fabulous business to be in. Uh, you just have to be very knowledgeable about uh, what area you're either buying or building in at this point because uh, there's a lot of activity out there. Yeah, and that uh, sector, self-storage sector, has really had a lot of growth over the last several years, right? So is this kind of slowdown in the improvement in the numbers, something relatively recent? Uh, relatively recent, uh, I would say within the last 18 to 24 months, you, you had a period after the, 
the 2009 recession where essentially no self-storage was being built uh, across the country. So fundamentals in the industry in terms of occupancies and rents got to rather unprecedented levels and that has caused a, a pretty significant amount of development activity uh, that started about three years ago. And so the softness has really started to show through in the last 18 months as some of those new properties have been coming online. Um, and you're starting to see a little bit more softness uh, as as new facilities are competing for uh, new tenants. Right, and there's, it seems like there's not, in some markets, not a big barrier to entry in self-storage. Obviously, getting New York where you are or in the center of Atlanta where I am, there's some barriers to entry, but in some sub-markets and smaller markets, there, there's not. So are you, what do you expect for new supply moving forward and, and how might that impact performance of existing properties moving forward? Yeah, new supply going forward, well, a lot of it is in in terms of activity that's already underway. So for this year, I'd say, uh, if we're talking straight numbers, uh, in 2017, uh, we saw supply grow in the top 50 markets uh, at uh, uh, just under 4%. And if you talk specifically uh, at the whole US, it was about 3%. Uh, as we look into 2018, uh, so we track deliveries in real time with, with our technology, and what we have seen makes us think that deliveries in 2018 are going to be higher than 17, so probably 45 4.6%. Uh, 2019 is a little hard to call at this point, but there's still a lot of development activity going on. The incentives to develop are still uh, very real. Uh, so we don't think it's going to fall off a cliff. So in terms of what activity is going to happen going forward, uh, still a lot of deliveries occurring uh, and don't see uh, a ton of evidence at this point that uh, it's going to uh, end anytime soon. And what might that do to occupancy levels and rental rate levels uh, moving forward? Uh, obviously, it's, it's a function of where you're at, right? So in Denver, you're talking about uh, 28% uh, potential supply growth over the next 12 to 18 months depending on if all these projects convert. That's a lot of supply to be added to any market even though Denver has been growing um, uh, like gangbusters from a population and, and job growth standpoint. Uh, but definitely from a from a national level the way that we think about it is that occupancies are continuing to decline year over year and pricing likely will continue to be under pressure um, and, and see the same sort of trajectory. Okay, and what is that doing to cap rates uh, around the country? What do you see for trends on cap rates for self-storage properties? Cap rates, that's an interesting question because there's, there's two different cap rates uh, that you should think about. Uh, cap rates for existing properties, which are, call it five to six percent, depending upon what region and property you're talking about. Uh, those cap rates are likely gonna stay pretty steady, may raise, uh, may increase slightly. The, the, the problem you have is that fundamentals are starting to roll over a little bit in the industry, uh, but sellers are really not recognizing uh, the amount of supply that's, that's occurring nationally and kind of that environment that it's creating, uh, making the uh, acquirers less aggressive than they were. Uh, so there's still a little mismatch between expectations and reality, uh, but at the same time, you still have an enormous amount of private equity capital uh, a lot of other sources of capital in this cycle that are still pushing to buy facilities. 
So on the other end of it, uh, even though you have softness, uh, you still have a lot of aggressive buyers out there. So, you know, uh, cap rates may rise slightly, but uh, there's still too much capital going after these properties for them to really fall, uh, you know, raise too much uh, over the next 12 months, in our view. Okay, and we talk with Corey Sylvester, and uh, he's with Union Real Time about self-storage properties. So, Corey, what else is on the minds of the self-storage industry? What could impact the industry moving forward, either positively or negatively? Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to uh, development activity. And what ultimately impacts development activity or, or is the uh, leading or the factor that's driving development activity is where do developers think they can develop to? So the current market is trading, uh, cap rates are at 5 or 6%. Developers today think that for the most part they can build to a 8 or 9 cap. Uh, and you only need about 150 basis point difference between those two numbers for developers to continue to want to develop. So the biggest uh, factor in terms of what impacts this industry is when developers start to recognize that rental rates are coming down, occupancies are coming down, and perhaps instead of building to an eight cap or a nine cap, you know, you may be only building to a seven cap. And at that point, then it becomes less uh, interesting to build, uh, at which point then we move into more of a cycle where acquisition becomes more the preferred route for capital, which will lower the amount of supply coming on the market and the fundamentals should, should increase at that point. So mm -hmm. figuring out when that inflection happens is an important, is an important uh, decider for the industry. And, and when that happens is just a function of when developers really think uh, the incentives uh, aren't uh, robust enough to continue to try and develop. And Corey, what would you say to the audience that uh, maybe hasn't invested in self-storage before or they've not uh, developed it that uh, they might want to think about it in that uh, industry? So I think some people like it uh, when they think about it, maybe they own multifamily and they don't have the tenants, they don't have the bathrooms, they don't have the kitchens, maybe they're in office, they don't have these huge uh, build-out costs and, and leasing commissions. Uh, what, what, what should they think about? Uh, if you're a new entrant in the self-storage business, it's really about doing the proper due diligence as you're underwriting whether you're building or you're buying. And a lot of that has to do with understanding the dynamics of supply and demand. So are there new facilities going up in the area? Um, and if there are, how should I incorporate those into my analysis of whether I want to be in the self-storage industry? Um, long term, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it is a fabulous business. The, the, re the, return on, uh, the return on invested capital can be very high. So, um, you know, the margins in, in self-storage are, are, are phenomenal. Um, but again, if you're coming into the cycle at this point, it's really just about making sure that you're fully educated about all the different aspects of what's going on because it's a very, very dynamic market right now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you, really, you really need to be conscious of the data, understanding where pricing is today, where it can go in the next 12 to 18 to 24 months. Uh, and that's a function of understanding, are there new facilities out there? Are there facilities that just opened? because uh, they take two to three years to fill up, so they're going to be pressuring rates in your area. So it's really just understanding your local area in a very, very detailed way, and that's something that, that we help uh, developers and the industry with. Well, Corey, thanks for joining us. Great information. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If you like more information, uh, check them out. Union Real Time, they, they track the market. And next, we're going to talk to a participant that's talking with buyers and sellers every day in the self-storage market. Don't miss it. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit arborcrowd.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Promote your business to the U.S. commercial real estate industry. Click advertise at the show website, CREshow.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by RealCrowd.com. Check them out for crowdfunding for your next venture. Well, today we're talking about the self-storage industry. We've heard some from analysts to see what's going on. And I always like to talk to someone in the field, a principal or a broker who's dealing in the sector every day. Please welcome my next guest. It's Graham Hill. Graham is president of the National Self-Storage Group with Bull Realty. He's joining us here in Studio One. Graham, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Well, Graham, you're, you're talking to owners of self-storage properties every day that are buying and selling these properties. What do they think about the market right now? Well, they're, I think they're kind of slow to realize that change is on the horizon. They've had a tremendous run for about four or five years. Everything has been really going in their favor with in increasing rents, increasing demand, very low interest rates. But uh, it's, it's hard to kind of get them to see you're facing a decision time, whether you're in it for the long haul or if, you, if this is possibly the time to sell. Yeah, I mean, Barbara uh, with uh, Reese was suggesting that there's been a lot of new supply, right? Yeah, in fact, she even said that she thought cap rates were going to go up 125 basis points potentially over the next year. That's huge. That's and, huge, and, and that it, will have a huge effect on the value of your property. Yeah, now of all the analysts I've ever spoke to on this show in eight years, I don't think I've ever heard of a, a prediction of a swing like that. So, so how much new supply did you see last year? Well, it's, last year was a tremendous year. In fact, it was double what was came on the market in t 2016, yeah. and this year, Potentially, it could slow down a little bit, but there's a lot of new competition out there, and it, that creates all sorts of different situations for people. One, if you've got somebody that's opened up in your area and they're anxious to, f to f fill up their facility, they're obviously going to discount, and you're forced to compete with, uh, with that situation. Yeah, I think you can get complacent, I would think, if you're in a self-storage property, because maybe it's easy to manage and easy to own. but. Uh, you know, if there's a low barrier to entry in your area and someone builds a new one, I was just talking to a developer this weekend and he's building a new one. And I thought about the owners that are in, in the vicinity. They have no idea, but he's going to put in a big one. Yeah. And he's going to be able to put whatever rates he needs to do, uh, you know, to fill it up. And it, and it will uh, impact the market on it. Well, he wants to get to break even as quickly as possible. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah. just warm bodies or warm. Not warm, warm junk. junk. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's cold junk <laughs> in your facility. So. so is it a seller's market or a buyer's market? It seems like it's supposed to be one or the other, right? What is it? 
Well, I think we're kind of approaching the crest of the seller's market. Right now, I speak to owners and I say, you know, this is a great time to sell. And they say, well, show me what else I could do with my money that I could make anywhere near the same return. And, uh, and I, I advise them that it depends on what their long-term plan is. If they're planning on selling in the next five years, this is the time to really think about it because the cap rate increase is going to affect how much somebody's going to pay and your property is not going to keep the same value. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So, you know, if, if you're going to hold a property 10 years, then maybe it doesn't matter? No, then it's fine. Yeah. You know, you're, you're making great income, building equity, and you're financing all the time. But yeah. if, you're, if you're not wanting to sell, make sure you've locked in the best financing you can right now for at least another five years. Yeah, it's interesting. I had a seller tell me once that, well, you know, the market's so hot, the market's so high. If I don't sell it today for this number, for this low of a cap rate, then I really bought it. I mean, because I could have had that money and done something with it and made that return. So if, if cap rates go up over 1% in the next year, as Barbara suggested, I mean, for, if you have a sizable uh, facility, that could be several million, that could be several million dollars. But if you have a small one, it's well, it it'd be a million bucks. Hundred thousand dollars, and if, <laughs> yeah. you're, if you're a you know, medium-sized operator of 30, 40, 45,000 square foot facility, yeah. you, you could be looking at a two or $300,000 swing. Yeah, but there's still buyers out there wanting this product? Yes, very much so. Yeah. So it's, it's exactly the right time right, <laughs> right now because we're, right. we're headed to a buyer's market. All right, well, you, you sound like a, a broker, Graham. Well, good work. Well, <laughs> oh, thank you. All right, and thank you for joining us. Great information, Graham. Thank you. Thank you for joining us around, around the country or around the world. We hope you enjoyed the show. And let us know what you think. Uh, if you own properties, you think it's time to sell, time to buy. Uh, what are you seeing for interest rates? If you're refinancing your property, you're seeing rates go up. Uh, you've seen cap rates move. Thank you for sharing the show and thank you for being with us. And we hope to see you next week. Until then, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Arbor Crowd, Invest Alongside Experts, Get Valuate, Online Investment Analysis, Real Crowd, Crowdfunding with Professionals, Apto, the Ultimate Brokerage Software, The News Funnel, Real Estate News Personalized, CommercialAgentSuccess.com, Video Training from Michael Bull. To access these great companies or for more videos, podcasts, and articles, visit CREshow.com.